Hello everyone and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 46. Oh boy. Uh let's pick up sticks. It's for, no, let's uh it we're in the mix. It's episode 46. There you go. Something like that. I don't know. I have to find a rhyme now. Uh it's a new thing. Whatever. I'm going to go with it. All right, in this episode, we're going to talk about how this election is probably the most consequential election of our entire lifetimes, at least, maybe even in American history. It, it, it now looks like both Biden and Trump face a decision of either being reelected or going to prison. There's now enough evidence, I think, on both sides, that, and there's definitely uh, people that are trying to get Trump in jail no matter what, and you have crooked judges and crooked prosecutors, and there is so much against him and trying to prevent him from being president. And there's a, there should be, it should, even the people that don't like Trump should be suspicious of this. And it's really odd that people aren't. Now, Merrick Garland has appointed this new prosecutor, David Weiss, well, not new, <laughs> he's been investigating Hunter for five years, and he's the one that came up with this wonderful plea deal that had a hidden immunity in it. So I don't have any faith that David Weiss will do more, but he has been given more powers, and I'll explain more about that. Are, have we gotten to the point like Ecuador? Do you know what's happened in Ecuador? President Guillermo Lasso declared a state of emergency in the country yesterday because something very insane and evil happened. And this is the kind of stuff that happens in banana republics. In banana republics, you have people that are leaders of the country that go after their leading opponents in the courts and other ways. All right, the migrant crisis is getting literally out of hand. We're turning into a third world country. New York City is insane. And then the governor of Massachusetts made a plea to families and parents that is truly insane. So what is happening with some of these cities and states that declare themselves as sanctuary cities and states? I think they're questioning the wisdom of their decisions to be sanctuary cities and states. Things are, go are crazy in Manhattan, uh, on Staten Island, and like I said, in um, Massachusetts. So a lot of interesting information about that. Gold Star Families had their opportunity to talk about their experiences with their lost loved ones, the 13 soldiers that were killed in Afghanistan with that in stupidly insane, in stupidly, that's a new word, okay? I'm going with it. In stupidly moronic asinine withdrawal from Afghanistan, which I believe, honestly, like I said in my other podcast, I believe it was on purpose. And I believe there's a lot of information now with the Gold Star families that have been uh, telling their story about talking with Joe Biden and also all of the things that were denied that could have prevented, I believe, this attack in Kabul uh, at the airport. Uh, it's, I think it's just crazy. I think it's all being done on, uh, on purpose. All right. There are people that those believe green at all costs. And I'll expand on that and give you more detail where it's, it's ludicrous. People don't care of what they leave in the wake of getting the world to go green. And way, way before we have the technology 
that is as dependable as fossil fuels and nuclear. And they're avoiding those and they want to go away from those. And there's a real reason why. All right. A lot of people are talking about the um, comparison. You know, everybody says that uh, people on the right say, you know, it's insane that, that Hunter Biden and the Biden family got all this money from all these foreign companies. And the left always counters with Jared Kushner and the $2 billion he got from Saudi Arabia. They are very, very different. And I will explain that. Also, many people in this country, uh, including myself, sadly, but actually celebrated the fact that Megan Rapinoe choked in the final penalty kick against Sweden and America is out of the World Women's World Cup. They need to stop going woke. And Megan Rapinoe is retiring. So we don't have to worry about her being on the team. And I implore the team, do not continue her woke direction of your team. Unite as a team that is proud of America, proud to represent America, and I promise you, your fans will return in droves. All right, all of that I want to talk about, but I want to say something really quickly about what's going on in or what went on in Maui. I've been watching a lot of videos from people that live there and reading a lot of reports and a lot of the history, weather-wise and legend-wise and all kinds of things. This does not make sense at all. This, I don't think, could not have happened naturally. This is not a natural disaster. Everybody's calling it the worst natural disaster in Hawaii's history. There was nothing natural about this. I believe this fire was set on purpose for a very dark reason. You remember last podcast and another podcast, I talked about the housing project called The Line and how they want to have 9 million people living in a structure that has 500 foot high glass walls, 200 feet wide and 17 and a half miles long. And everyone will have everything they need. I put in air quotes because the elite will determine what you need within 15 minutes. Well, what you don't know is Maui is being considered to be a 15-minute or what they call smart city. Maui is going to be a smart island. It's no coincidence that back in January, Hawaii hosted a conference about these smart cities, these 15-minute cities. Well, what you don't know is next month, Hawaii is going to be hosting a conference on AI-controlled cities. So, in the same year, Hawaii hosted a conference on 15-minute or smart cities, and then another conference on AI-controlled cities. That's all I'm going to say for now. I don't want to make any more speculation. I'm just telling you what I've read and what I've, what I've watched and heard. I'm not going to say it's absolutely true, but from what I understand, for people that lived in Hawaii for a very long time, Storms never come down from the east, from the mountains, ever, like ever. And there was no warning at all. They were allowing people back into the city, and those people were burned alive. There were hundreds of bodies floating in the ocean. They got no warning. There was no siren. When that fire started and started to get out of control, that siren should have got off to warn everyone else. They have a warning siren all over the island, and that siren was not used at all. I wonder why. I'll just leave it at that. 
and we'll continue with the rest of the podcast. <laughs> All right. Okay, back to my original reason for doing this podcast. It really honestly looks like there is enough evidence that the James Comer, Jim Jordan panel has uncovered that can indict Joe. There's now bank records that say $20 million has been sent to the Biden family. Now, no, there is no direct connection to Joe. Why would there be? He's been in government for almost 50 years. He knows that if he puts his name attached to anything directly, it can come back to bite him. So all the left is saying, well, there's no deposit slip to directly to Joe Biden's account. So that must mean he's not involved. Okay, Joe is 80 years old. When you get to a certain point in your life, do you still think about yourself or do you think about what you can pass on to your children and grandchildren? Joe Biden created 20 shell companies to hide the money. And the money has been split up and separated between all of the, his children and grandchildren. And um, nothing is going to directly connect Joe. That is on purpose. And the left will continue to say, oh, there's nothing that connects him directly. No, no. Well, guess what? When you go to Cafe Milano in Georgetown, Washington, D.C., by the way, and you have a two-hour dinner with your son and Elena Bartarina, who is the former first lady of Moscow, the same woman that gave Hunter Biden $3.5 million. And then later, uh, Devin Archer testified that, he sh that she also gave like $200 million to Hunter and Devin Archer's company for real estate. And you have a two-hour dinner. Are you telling me the entire two hours, Joe Biden never discussed business? Also, he had another meeting at Cafe Milano that seemed to be a popular meeting spot with leaders in Ukraine and China. And there are pictures of Joe and Hunter Biden standing with these leaders of the foreign countries. Now, these foreign countries we now know have paid millions of dollars. For what? What have they gotten in return? Do you think these Foreign companies are so magnanimous and so impressed with the Biden family, they just give them money for no reason? No, there is always something they get in return. So what do the Biden family offer? Well, everyone says, well, Hunter Biden is a very high-powered lawyer. And okay, I went and looked and I've looked all over the internet. I cannot see any cases he's fought for. Um, I cannot see any judgments that he got ruled against or for him uh, in courts, nobody he's represented. So what do the Bidens offer? What is their business? What is their product? I'm telling you right now, their product is access to Joe for the purpose of protection in Ukraine's case, in uh, Burisma, having Hunter Biden on that board of directors, protected Burisma from other countries and other investigators like Victor Shokin going after them because they are protected by the United States of America. That's basically what it says. You've got the son of the then vice president of the United States, the second most powerful person in the entire world. That is protection. And when Joe Biden was three-wayed in on these phone calls, that basically gave credibility to Hunter 
so people would believe that he could do what he said he could do because his father is the vice president and we got to talk to him personally. That was assurance that everything's going to be fine. That is called influence peddling. And then we have this. And yes, I know I've played it before, but you need to hear it again. Yeah, um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired. So for those of you who have never heard that before, which I don't know if anybody has not ever heard that before because it's everywhere, that was Joe Biden in front of the Council of Foreign Relations bragging about the fact that he withheld $1 billion in taxpayer U.S. aid to Ukraine if they didn't fire Viktor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma for corruption. Uh, I can't remember the... the CEO of Burisma, but he was known for being extremely corrupt. And he put Hunter Biden on his board of directors for this reason. So Joe Biden and the United States of America basically would back up his decision to fire a prosecutor that was investigating his company. That is quid pro quo. And once again, that was Joe Biden using the full weight of the United States government to get Viktor Shokin fired by the Ukrainian government to protect Burisma that his son was on the board of directors of, being paid a million dollars a year to do basically nothing but add his name as protection against the corruption that was being investigated in Burisma. So all of this information comes together with the bank records and all that. Joe Biden basically has two options at this point. Number one is he wins the next election and then pardons himself and his son. Number two, if he loses the election, he still has, what is that, uh, November, December, January to pardon his son before he leaves office. And many presidents pardon, you know, business associates and, and friends and stuff like that as they leave office. So there is no way at all. Hunter Biden is ever going to have jail time. The only thing that can now happen to the Bidens is Joe, if there's a substantial evidence, which I believe there is now, I believe it's overwhelming. And once we get to the point where the American public also believe that, even some Democrats are starting to say this doesn't look good. But once there is a preponderance of evidence, which means you can't ignore it anymore, Joe Biden can be impeached removed from office, and then indicted and thrown in jail. That is the only way that this is going to happen in or against Joe's favor. 
And now on the other side, we're waiting for more indictments to come down from Georgia, that, which could include racketeering. And again, that's for Donald Trump calling uh, Ratzenberger, the S secretary of state of Georgia, and asking him to find 11,000 votes. That's it. Just saying, man, we're 11,000 votes. I'm, I'm just behind 11,000 votes. We got to find them. They're, they've got they've to be there somewhere. That's not ordering him to manufacture votes, like I said in my last podcast. So with all of these indictments, Trump's going to have to beat 90 charges because I've heard that there's going to be a dozen more charges and he's already got 78. So you're already talking 90 charges against Donald Trump and he's going to have to win every single one of them in order to avoid being convicted of the crimes that they're trying to convict. Now, most everybody thinks that the New York charges are complete bogus, that they're basically accounting uh, issues and, uh, you know, process crimes. So no one believes that's going to happen. Uh, but Jack Smith is determined to not only put Donald Trump in prison, but make a name for himself. And the same thing with the judge that he's got assigned. And again, what a coincidence. You've got two Obama-appointed judges that hate Trump. And they were randomly selected. Yes, sure. Uh-huh. Wrong. So honestly, this election is going to be insane. Poor Donald Trump, I mean, goodness gracious, I know he'll be able to do it because I don't think there's anyone else that can do it. But he's going to have to go from court to rallies to rallies to court to court to rallies for the entire of 2024. And they've planned it that way. Now, Jack Smith is trying to get these new charges, the four charges I mentioned, uh, to go to court January 2nd. So January, February, court, uh, Donald Trump will have to be in court in person. And then in March, those other charges that uh, were from Florida, that's when that starts. And then in May, I mean, they've got it lined up to where he is going to have to spend his entire 2024 during a presidential election. The leading candidate for president is going to have to spend most of his time in court. And that is all on purpose. Oh, and by the way, we just discovered that, you know, now that Donald Trump has subpoena power and was going to subpoena all the records and be able to read over all the evidence of January 6th from the January 6th committee, the January 6th committee has deleted 50% of the evidence, I say in air quotes, about the January 6th riots and Trump's connection to them. Do you know that's a federal crime? All investigative committees are required to archive all of their evidence and files for all time. And now the January 6th committee has deleted over one terabyte of information. I wonder why they deleted that. Hmm. Maybe because they know that they would be exposed if those things were made public. It's, it's insane what the left is allowed to get away with. And nobody bats an eye, especially in the Democratic Party. They're like, oh, well, you know, that, that's, that's how things work out. Okay, well, no, but Trump needs to go to jail. Yeah, Trump needs to go to jail. He's, he's, he's Satan. He's evil. He's, he's Hitler. I mean, when you dehumanize someone to that extent, a lot of people will consider him expendable. Like Hitler considered the Jews when he dehumanized them and called them dogs and pigs. Many of the Germans thought, oh, okay, well, yeah, they, you can kill them uh, because they're, 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 not, they're not really human. That's what they're trying to do to Trump. 
They're trying to get a majority of the public of the United States of America to believe that Donald Trump is not really human and doesn't need to be saved, doesn't need to be protected uh, judicially. It's, it's absolutely insane. So this is going to be a crazy election. All right. Now, this new plea deal that was blown up by Merrick Garland, now he has appointed special counsel, David Weiss. And this plea deal was completely shot down. And thank goodness for the judge that did that that exposed that hidden immunity. But it was David Weiss. And everybody says, yeah, he was Trump appointed. It was a Trump appointed judge. That doesn't mean he doesn't hate Trump or was able to fool the Senate of his true political beliefs in his confirmation hearings. So that's, that doesn't hold water. Basically, the actions show that he was trying to protect Hunter Biden by giving him a sweeping immunity deal as part of the plea deal that Hunter was going to plea guilty for. And now it's all blown up and everything's back in, in uh, play. Also, I don't know if you know this or not, but Merrick Garland, by appointing David Weiss, actually went against the regulations of the DOJ, the regulations in the Department of Justice manual says, when naming a special counsel, an individual named as special counsel shall be a lawyer with a reputation for integrity and impartial decision making and with an appropriate experience to ensure both the investigation will be conducted aptly, expeditiously, and thoroughly, and that investigative and prosecutorial decisions will be supported by an informed understanding of the criminal law and Department of Justice policies. Here's the part you need to pay attention to. The special counsel shall be selected from outside the United States government. They are supposed to be an outside, conscientious observer so they can see things outside the purview of the government's view. That's what special counsels do. David Weiss is already a member of the DOJ. He's already working for the government. So by Merrick Garland appointing him as special counsel, he went against DOJ's own regulations. And also remember, as the attorney investigating this, he purposefully allowed statute of limitations to run out on the most egregious charges from Hunter Biden in 2014 and 2015. So I don't expect anything good from David Weiss. I could be surprised. You never know. He might pull something out of the hat and, and charge Hunter. And who knows? Maybe the Biden family has sat down and they have basically convinced Hunter, you're going to have to spend some time in jail. That's just, we're at that point where the American public is too aware of what's going on now. And in order to protect the family, you're going to have to plead to something a little more egregious than you thought you were going to, and you're going to have to spend some time in jail, like maybe six months or something like that, so that the public and their rising curiosity will be satiated. So I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm not expecting much good from David Weiss. All right. Now, have we actually gotten to the point of like third world banana republic status? The reason why I bring that up and the reason why in my opening I talked about Ecuador, I don't know if you heard this or not, but Ecuadorian president Guillermo, Guillermo Lasso declared a state of emergency in the country one day after the presidential candidate running on anti-corruption and anti-gang platform was killed. 
while exiting a campaign event. Lasso said August 20th national elections would proceed as planned, despite the shooting. The killing of Fernando Valasencio, a current lawmaker and former journalist, came during the middle of an evening rush hour, with the shooter firing into a crowd of civilians. The brazenness of the shooting accentuates a surge of violence in Ecuador, driven by gangs and yada, yada, yada. I believe it was a political hit because Ecuador is a third world country. And, you know, they're allowed to put their opponents in jail. And if they can get away with it, they can assassinate their opponents so that they can't run against them. Are we at that point in this country? I honestly believe that the left, especially the far left, the ones that literally hate Trump so much they foam at the mouth when thinking about him. The veins pop out in their neck when they're talking about him. I believe if they could get away with it, they would assassinate Trump. I believe they think he is such a grave threat to democracy that they want to either imprison or kill him. I do believe that. And I know that's controversial, but you know what? We're in a weird place in this country and in this world right now. Hatred has gotten to a point where, like I said, people get to irrational points of hatred when it comes to Donald Trump. And they won't even think rationally about anything that he says or does. And they do not understand that he did more to try and get America back to its energy and freedom and respectability around the, country, around the world than any other president in probably the last 40 years, since probably Reagan, I would say. Clinton did a lot to, to help the reputation of America, too. So I, I don't want to you know, leave that out. But we've gotten to the point now where people want Trump in jail because they disagree with his policies and they hate the man personally, his personality. He's brash, as, as they say, he's rude, crude, and socially unacceptable. Absolutely. But he gets stuff done. And he cares for this country, I think, more than many presidents have in recent history. All right, moving on. The migrant crisis in our country is only getting worse and worse. I know everybody's saying, oh, the numbers are so far down. Do you know why those numbers are down? There are certain countries' immigrants, CBP, that's the Border Patrol, and ICE are no longer allowed to go after. So immigrants from those countries are no longer included in the overall numbers of Im illegal immigrants apprehended at the border. That's why the numbers are down. They changed the game to convince people that they're doing such a good job on the border. One of the reasons why Texas immigration is down uh, in the ports and around uh, the state of Texas is because of Greg Abbott's putting those floating barriers and razor wire all along the border to prevent illegal immigrants from coming in. And have you seen what's going on in New York? 55% of the hotels in New York City are occupied by illegal immigrants. We have to stop giving incentives for illegal immigrants to come here. I mean, imagine you're a person in a third world country and you decided just to take a chance and go to the American border because you hear that the president is welcoming illegal immigrants and the border laws are not being enforced in the United States of America. And you decide to come here and someone meets you at the border and gives you a free phone and then puts you on a bus because you say you want to go to New York City. All right. You've always dreamed about going to the Big Apple. 
New York City. So you get on a bus and it takes you to New York City. And when you're in New York City, Eric Adams comes out and meets you in a nice suit and gives you a care package with toiletries and wonderful things to say, welcome to New York. And then they put you in a $500 a night room. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to party. You're going to go live it up. And you're going to call all your friends back in your home country and say, Yo, man, you got to come to the U.S. They give you free phones. They give you health care. They give you food stamps. They put, dude, I'm in a $500 a night room paid for by the U.S. taxpayers. Come to the border. Come with me, bro. I mean, that's literally what's going on. All these immigrants are calling all their friends and saying, hey, come here. America wants all of us to come in. They're going to treat us like kings and queens and literally give us everything we want. Well, now everyone in the whole world is going to want to come here. But you know what's going on now? Now Eric Adams and other mayors around the country are starting to say, whoa, hey, we're getting overwhelmed here. Um, Hmm. Our our, uh, services are being stretched to their breaking point. And then there was a time when Eric Adams... And another mayor, I can't remember her name, but she's the mayor or the the governor, I think, of Massachusetts. They're actually saying, they're actually requesting for families that have open bedrooms or suites or spaces that they have to open them up, open their hearts up to the illegal immigrants. You know, no vetting. No, uh -uh, no, no, no health screening. No, any of that. Just, just, just open your hearts. Just open, just have these illegal immigrants who have gone through no screening process whatsoever and let them live in your spare bedroom. I mean, yes, they're almost all single male adults, you know, between 18 and 35 or something. But, you know, they're all, they're all good people. They're all good people. We don't have to vet them. We don't have to screen them. But, you know, oh, oh wait. Yeah. Oh, it's true. If you want to rent an apartment in New York City, you have to go through a background check and you have to have certain credit score. But that's only for U.S. citizens. If you're an illegal immigrant, just open your heart. Just open the space you have in your home. Yeah, I don't see any problem with that. Goodness gracious, is that insane or what? Again, we have to remove the incentives to come to this country. If I were president, I know I'm not, no, I'm not running, but If I were president and we are faced with the situation we are from a previous moronic administration, the first thing I would do is close the borders. And I mean airtight, illegal, legal, visas, everything, airtight, nobody allowed in the country for one year. During that one year, we put pressure on the Congress to create comprehensive immigration reform everyone will agree on. We go and give ICE power to find and deport all of the illegal immigrants, especially those with criminal records. Get them out of here. We welcome them back, but legally. I have admiration and respect for all legal immigrants. I have no respect for people that have broken our laws and coming into our country, but I don't blame them. We're providing all these incentives. Why wouldn't someone want to come into our country and break the law to do that? Again, uh, as I've said many times, it's all being done on purpose to completely create chaos and unrest in this country. 
Also, I would finish building the wall and put up barriers so it all of the traffic is funneled through ports of entry only. And I know this is going to be a little controversial, but I've been pretty disturbed by what's going on south of our border. You have armed cartel members sending people across the border. And there are many stories of immigrants that were beaten and forced to pay more money to the cartels to get them across the border, beaten with uh, machetes. And you've got uh, machine gun wielding cartel members walking beside these illegal immigrants as they get closer to the border. I personally think once we close the border, we need to put 100,000 or more soldiers on the southern border. And I mean, make it look so intimidating, no one will mess with us. And I know it's, it's going to seem inhumane and it's going to seem uncaring all at once or at the, at the beginning. But what needs to happen is we need one year to catch up on all the insanity that this administration has allowed to happen on our border. One in six border agents has been taken off of the border and are only processing applications. Seriously. And like I said, certain countries are not even counted in the numbers of illegal immigrants coming across the border now. So I ask you, what would you do after the one year? Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you know what's going on in Staten Island. Uh, There was an assisted living center, an old folks home that had to close down because they ran out of money. And they forced all of these elderly people to move into different facilities around uh, the five boroughs in Manhattan or in, in New York. And what are they doing now with the structure that all of these elderly were being held in? Well, they found money for illegal immigrant families. I mean, where are the priorities? Are we giving preferential treatment to immigrants, to illegal immigrants, or are we going to take care of our own, especially the elderly? This is shameful, Staten Island, shameful that you shut down an elderly home, kicked out the elderly out of that building, and then somehow found money to house illegal immigrant families. Again, where are your priorities? Then after that year is over, where America is closed for one whole year to get everything back under control, then we open up legal immigration only. If someone is caught coming into our country illegally, they are immediately deported because the only way people will be able to come back into our country is if they figure out ways past barriers and those barriers will be monitored by electronic cameras and drones and all that to prevent them from doing that. And the ones coming in through the ports of entry will only be coming in after they've been pre-approved from their own country to come into this country and claim asylum. That is how we get control of illegal immigration at our southern border. And yes, it's starting to happen in our northern border too, but not nearly as bad. Our southern border, everybody, uh, Mayorkas is saying it's, it's secure. Uh, our southern border is completely secure. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> And it is more porous than Swiss cheese, and it has to stop. Otherwise, this country's gone. And like I said, there are people that want that to happen. 
They want our country to lose its independence and to just become one other country that's interdependent around the world so that their globalists can rule it all. The only thing standing in the way and the reason why this is they are fighting so hard to stop Donald Trump from being elected and to go after conservatives, especially patriotic conservatives, and they've created this, this animosity towards the American flag, like it's racist. The American flag is racist. The national anthem is racist. They're doing all of this on purpose. They want to destroy patriotism, patriotism, let me try that again, and national pride. Because if they can do that and demoralize enough people to where they don't want to defend the United States of America, the United States is racist. They, all, they celebrated slavery. The Constitution was to protect slavery. We are a slave country. Uh, we're, we're a horrible, horrible country. We're an evil country. If they can convince enough people in this country of that, they won't want to do anything to protect the country. And let me tell you something that I'm going to discuss more in my next podcast. They want China to be the top country in the world, both financially and militarily. And next podcast, I'm going to tell you what that really means. And I promise you, it'll scare the crap out of you. You don't understand what will happen if China takes full control. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, as I said, and I I wasn't really super clear, but a lot of people are comparing Hunter Biden with Jared Kushner, which that's insane. But um, they're saying because, you know, millions of dollars was paid to Hunter Biden uh, and filtered into this country and benefited the Biden family. Well, that's no worse than Jared Kushner and the $2 billion he got from Saudi Arabia. There's a big difference. You see, Biden sold access to his father, the vice president at the time, to create an illusion that the, the, the might of the United States government is behind him. Jared Kushner worked as an envoy, an emissary of the U.S. government, and he did amazing work in the Middle East. And it led to the Abraham Accords, one of the most influential peace deals between Israel and Arab countries. So they are very different things. And then after Donald Trump left office, then he went to Saudi Arabia and worked out a $2 billion real estate deal with his company. It had nothing to do with trying to use the United States might to get it done. You see, what happens after every president leaves office? They make money on the fact that they were president. The Obamas went into office worth, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think is what. And now I think their net worth is $200 million. Why? Speaking fees are out of this world and books have been written and millions of copies. That all was because he was president. So he benefited off the fact that he was president, but that's not illegal. And he did it after he left office. The same thing with Jared Kushner. While he was in the official position as an advisor to the president, he didn't enrich himself. He did what he could to help Donald Trump and really did a lot of work on the Abraham Accords. But Hunter Biden created the illusion that his father, the vice president at the time, stood behind him on every business deal. And he did it while his father was in office. 
and is in office. There's the difference. They could not, they, the, 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 the difference could not be more stark. So I, I, those people that say, well, what about Jared Kushner and the $2 billion he got from Saudi Arabia? Yeah, he did. After Donald Trump left office. That's not illegal. Enriching yourself and your family while your father is in office is illegal. There's the difference. Okay, and one thing I, I said in the opening, and I basically have no, not much more to say, but I'll just say it again. Why did most Americans celebrate the fact that Megan Rapino choked on the final penalty kick against Sweden? Because Megan Rapino says she hates this country, that she is embarrassed to represent this country. And she knelt during the national anthem because she believed this country is a bad and racist country. I implore the rest of the soccer team. Now that Rapino is gone, and by the way, there's a a video. Do you want to know what kind of person Megan Rapino is? She and her partner were sitting in uh, some award ceremony or something, and someone brought up to her a soccer ball. She took that soccer ball, signed it, and handed it back to the person without looking at them at all. She ignored that person who was obviously a big fan of hers. She completely ignored this person. She took the ball out of his hands, she signed the ball, and she handed the ball to the person, and he walked away, and she never looked him in the eyes or smiled or said thank you for your support or anything. That is the type of person Megan Rapino is. All right? Okay, now one other quick thing I want to say about these fires in Maui. A lot of people are attributing these fires, and like I said, I believe they're set on purpose, but a lot of people are saying it's all about climate change. Climate change is the reason why these fires are worse and these hurricanes are worse and all this. And we have to blame it on climate change. No, we don't. My family traveled to Maui in the 80s and we weren't really, we didn't spend a lot of time on the beach because there was no beach. A hurricane had come through just recently and wiped away most of the beach. So we spent a lot of time inland climbing the Seven Sister Pools and other things like that. But this climate change is being used as an excuse to scare people like COVID did into giving up their freedoms. Mark my words, you're going to hear a lot of people using climate change with the same fear tactics as they did with COVID. And then another thing I talked about in my opening, and I'm just going to touch on it because I'm going to save the details for another podcast. It now is very apparent that there are some in this country and around the world, World Economic Forum, <clears throat> Klaus Schwab, uh, all these people want green energy at all costs. And I mean all costs. The sonar being done on the East Coast to map the bottom is causing whales to beach themselves because it's the same frequency as they use to communicate and determine distance and sound. So that sonar is basically making them deaf and unable to figure distances or communicate with each other. So they're beaching themselves. It doesn't matter. Green at all costs. And like I said, I believe what happened in Maui was on purpose. The people that want control and want to use climate change as a way to gain that control, don't care how many people die. 
And what one thing, uh, uh, another thing you need to know about this, a lot of wealthy individuals that already live on the other side of the island tried to buy the land and property from people that live in Lahaina or Lahaina, and they refused to sell. So green at all costs. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about really quickly, and I saved this for last because I, I have a wonderful uh, video or audio I want you to listen to because it, it's tragic. It'll break your heart, but it also explains a lot of the priorities and how Joe Biden really doesn't care about the 13 people that died to close Bagram Air Base and evacuate people from Afghanistan. Gold Star families recently in California, uh, Daryl Issa gave them a platform to talk about their experience. And we learn from these people that not only could this have been prevented, but there were generals and, me- and uh, military professionals telling Joe Biden to not close Bagram Air Base first because it is a secure air base with two active runways that we could have easily, safely evacuated all Americans and those that helped us in Afghanistan before we took the soldiers out. But no, Joe Biden chose to close Bagram Air Base and evacuate everyone out of an unsecure airport with one active runway in the middle of of Bagram. No, in the middle of Kabul. Bagram is the air base. So in the middle of Kabul, millions of people, unsecured. That's how Joe Biden wanted to take people out. And we saw the insanity and catastrophe that was. Now, we know from Gold Star families that there was a sharpshooter that had a bead on the suicide bomber and could have taken him out before he blew up his vest. Also, an airstrike was requested for ISIS-K members before the bombing began, and that operation was denied. And the person that had the sights on the suicide bomber was given orders to stand down. So all of these decisions to stand down and move Bagram Air Base, that all goes up to General Mark Milley and General Lloyd Austin and Joe Biden. This was on purpose to give the air base to China. And I've said that before, but I'm going to emphasize that again. So listen to one of these gold star mothers. When Joe Biden, our elected president, entered the room, when he approached me, his words to me were, my my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. My heart started beating faster and I started shaking knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. So not only did Joe Biden choose how to withdraw, but when he went to meet with the Gold Star families, he lied to them. Joe Biden has told this lie many times. He says, yeah, my son Bo died in, in combat in Iraq. And he said that so many times, and that is a complete lie. And again, some people say, well, that, you know, it, the brain tumor that, that uh, Bo died from could have been contributed by the burn pits that were, you know, happening in Iraq. There's no direct tie to that. There's no evidence of that. What Joe Biden is doing is he's lying to get compassion back on himself. He's hoping 
when people say, oh, I know, I, I, I feel bad for you and Jill too. You know, I know you guys sacrifice too. That's not what you do. When someone is grieving to this point and has no answers as to what happened and so, many misin- so much information coming back to them about why their son or daughter died on that day, you do not try and commiserate and compare your misery to theirs. You're the president of the United States. You offer condolences. You offer a shoulder to cry on. You send them letters offering your condolences and how sorry you are for their loss and how appreciative you are for their brave men and women, which were their sons or daughters, and apologize that this situation went awry like it did. And if you want to deflect about why it happened and that you could have prevented it, fine. But you do not lie to these Gold Star families and tell them you understand how they feel. Your son died in combat too. No. As that woman said, and I think it's the most heart-wrenching part, Joe and Jill Biden were allowed to be by Bo's side when he died of cancer in the hospital. Another thing that really chaps my hide, and yes, that shows my age, is that this administration's calling the withdrawal a success. General or Admiral John Kirby said it was an overwhelming success. Well, okay, a lot of people got evacuated, but it was not a success. It was a travesty. It was one of the worst disasters, I think, in our country's history. And it was because Joe Biden chose to evacuate people the way he did, rather than what would have been safe for all. Listen to two more Gold Star parents talking about how this administration considers this a success. Do what our son did. Be a grown-ass man. Admit to your mistakes. Learn from them so that this doesn't happen ever, ever again. Call this evacuation a success as if there should be celebration. It is like a knife in the heart. What kind of disrespect? What kind of hatred? We were told lies, given incomplete reports, incorrect reports, total disrespect. My heart breaks for the Gold Star families all Gold Star families who have lost loved ones in wars, but especially for this heinous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And again, all for the purpose of giving China a fortified, secure air base with two active runways about 100 miles away from where China is working on nuclear weapons. That's why this was done that way. All right. Okay, as I always like to do, I want to end on a positive note. One of my favorite motivational speakers is Zig Ziglar. And also one of my favorite quotes of his is about fear. Fear is permeating everything in people's lives right now. There are those who are using fear to control you. Zig Ziglar describes fear in two ways, one positive and one negative. See if you can tell me which is which. Fear has two meanings. It can stand for forget everything and run or face everything 
and rise. The choice is yours. Another quote that's actually on my Facebook page right now says, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Don't always look for the easy path. Be willing to face challenges. I promise you, you will grow far faster and progress further if you overcome obstacles and challenges than you would if you were given the free uh, ride or the path of less resistance. And as has said, I think many times in the scripture, the Lord will never tempt you more than you can bear. So if you are being tempted, if you are struggling right now, if you just feel like everyone is against you and the world, the weight of the world is on your shoulders, that must mean you are a strong individual because God does not challenge or tempt people more than they can bear. So think about that. If you're really going through the muck and it feels like the world is against you, that must mean you are a warrior and you can handle it. And with that, that brings us to the end of another podcast. If you like or dislike, agree or disagree with anything I've said in this podcast, don't hesitate to write me, drew at the watchdogsbark.com. As a matter of fact, in the next podcast, I'm going to start something new. I'm going to start by ending with two or three very probing questions, and I'm not going to answer them. I'm going to leave those open. And I really want people to give me some answers. I want to start getting this interaction happening. I want to start commenting on the stuff I'm receiving from listeners. And if you know anybody that you think would enjoy the podcast, please tell them about it and let them know they can listen to the Watchdogs Bark anywhere you listen to podcasts. Unfortunately, there's a couple podcasts that have been deleted from YouTube because apparently I broke their rules of, of uh, information or, or disinformation or whatever. Number four, you will not find episode 44. And who knows, probably this one might have a couple things they disagree with. But it seems like YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all these other social media sites like to censor what they disagree with. Not what is true or false, just what they disagree with. It's called malinformation. I talked about that in my last podcast. But please, again, if you have anything to say to me, don't hesitate. I welcome all comments, good or bad. And like I said, if they are really good, even if they rip me apart, if you've got good arguments, if you've got really good arguments. I will read them on my podcast. I will never use your name unless you give me permission to do so. I will always respect people's privacy. And I will always keep it anonymous unless you tell me to read your name. And I totally will if you tell me to. But otherwise, I will say, hey, so-and-so from North Carolina wrote me this and read it all there. And then I'll comment on it. And that's eventually what I want my whole podcast to get to is a two-way conversation back and forth. So starting next week, I'm going to leave you with two or three questions that I want answers from. All right. And with that, thank you again for listening. And until next time, create an amazing day and please relay the bark.
Thank <laughs> you.